James chapter 1, starting off in verse 19. Now, last time that I had the opportunity to preach, we went ahead and I presented, um, there, the sermon was entitled, Being Rooted, Being Rooted. And so now we're going to continue on on different things that we should be rooted in. Last, uh, last time we talked about being rooted in Christ, being rooted in Christ. And now tonight's message is going to be called Rooted in Christ's Word, in Christ's Word. Okay, so James chapter 1, verse 19, James chapter 1, looking at verse 19, and it states, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of a man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness an engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word." And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer, a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You know, we often see, we can, all, we can see uh, at different points in times, maybe possibly at a store, we can see um, possibly uh, at school, we can see the effects of some sinful behavior. We can see a couple possibly arguing, maybe a husband yelling at his wife, saying inappropriate things towards her. We can see, um, we can see our friends possibly at school cheating on a test. We can see lies happening, whether it's when, uh, within a relationship or with parents. We can see all of that. Now you may say, okay, we can see that. But can I tell you that that's just the surface problem that we're seeing. We're seeing the surface problem. Here's the thing. We, last time we talked, we talked about how a tree, how a little seed can be planted. And a seed can be planted. And after it's been nourished and watered, a, a tree can grow. And we talked about how the tree can grow and it can also start bearing fruit. And we talked about that. And, and brothers, he talked about how um, Miss Rachel and himself, we, we've been planting a garden and we've been able to see some fruit happen. We've seen some green beans just overtake our garden and it's been fantastic. But can I tell you that the fruit or the vegetable that is planted, that's just the, that's just the sign of what's going on underneath the ground. Underneath the ground. And can you see when, when we see in life, when we see people and we see the fruit of, of the problem, we see that, you know what, there's something wrong within the root. Colorado State University made the 2012 headlines in one of the most horrific trials and tragedy ever to take place in our country. Many of you may remember this, but his name is James Holmes. He was brilliant. He was 24 years old. He was a neuroscience student. Dressed up, however, he decided to dress up like the Joker and went into the theater and killed 12 innocent people, wounding 58 others. An officer even reported that he had to hold back tears as he entered the building and saw the incident. Investigations uncovered other bizarre behavior in his life as authorities found dozens of explosive devices with tripwires rigged to trigger them in his apartment. Everybody in America, and especially those in the news, attempted to uncover what was going on in Holmes' heart and mind that would cause him to commit such unthinkable acts. It is commonly understood that this horrifying fruit problem is an indicator of a root problem. See, Holmes, he just didn't all of a sudden wake up one day and decide to go ahead and to do this awful thing. It all started in the root. It all started in the heart. It all started there. Obviously, this is not the type of fruit. If you're a Christian here today, and maybe you're here and you're not a Christian, you say, hey, I wouldn't want that type of fruit. I don't want anything to do with that. Well, man, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't want that either. But can I tell you that 
we need to make sure that we are firmly planted in Christ. We need to make sure that we're firmly planted in Christ and rooted in Christ. And when we do that, guess what? Our fruit will be an indicator of that. Our fruit can be an indicator. And, and, and instead of being planted into the world, we're planted in Christ. And our fruit will start showing. You have to understand that we must get firmly rooted, not only in Christ, but in his word. In his word. Scripture identifies Jesus Christ, the Greek word logos. It's the living word. John 1, 1, we heard it this morning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The Bible is the living word, and Jesus is the living word of God as well. And can I tell you, you can't have one without the other. You can't have one without the other. If you want a a rooted relationship with Jesus Christ, then you're going to have to have a rooted relationship with the word of God. It says in Psalms 119, 140, thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. Jesus spoke of the importance of the Bible. He spoke the importance about how we need to be grounded in the word of God. John 8, 31, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Can I tell you that you can recognize a genuine disciple of Christ by their response to the Word of God? You can recognize, you can recognize how when how they, they pay attention. You can recognize by if the Bible says to do one thing, guess what that person's doing? Is doing what the Bible says. You know, at teenagers, the Bible says that you should honor thy father, thy mother. Hey, can I tell you that you can tell a teenager that's genuine and that has a genuine, wanting to be a genuine disciple by how they treat their mom and dad. You can tell, you can tell someone by how they respond to the word of God. But can I tell you that if you want to be a disciple, no one's going to force you into doing that. No one's going to force you to follow what the Bible says. No one's going to do that. We have a thing called free will. We have a thing that that we get to choose to follow what the Bible says. So are you here tonight? And you say, man, I haven't been following what the Bible says. My my reaction towards the Bible isn't what it's supposed to be. Well, keep listening and there's going to be some other things that will help you into where you can get rooted into the word of God. Psalms 19.7, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord, is sure making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. You know what, we, we, uh, in children's church, and in children's church, we always say, hey, you know what, the Bible is the truth. The Bible is the truth. We talk about in children's church how we say, hey, who wrote the word of God? God did. And then we say, hey, can God ever tell a lie? No, God can't tell a lie, which makes the Bible the truth. And you know what? The Bible is the truth. It's the one source that we can go to for absolute truth, where we can go and depend on it. So maybe you're here and you say, man, I want a life that will produce fruit from the word of God. I want, I want a life that's going to produce fruit of, of God and not of the world. How can we do that? Well, that's what we're going to take a look at here today. How can we be rooted in the word of God? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to be prepared to receive. Be prepared to receive. We must purposely prepare to receive God's word. Man, can I tell you, when me and Miss Rachel, when we were dating... We used to do this thing. It's kind of, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of a thing that you know possibly doesn't happen now. We used to get a, a pen, and we used to get a paper, actual paper, and we used to actually write this thing called a note to each other. Yeah, that's right. It, it wasn't. Yeah, I'm aging myself now. Okay, we used to write notes to each other, and then you know we'd write it, and then we'd fold it, and then next time we see each other, we'd give it to each other, and. Oh, it was so, it was awesome. Man, can I tell you, Brother Z could not wait to read 
Miss Rachel's notes. Man, you want, man, I would, I would get it, you know, play it all cool, be like, oh, thanks, you know, put it in my pocket, you know, say bye to her and stuff. Man, as soon as she was gone, I'm like getting it out and like, oh, yeah. You know, she, I was all excited. I was excited. You want to know why? Because she wrote and it was meant for me. And I was excited to receive it. Can I tell you that God's word was written for you? God's word was written for you. And man, can I tell you that if only we responded in the same way where we get so excited and say, hey, man, I can't wait to go to church on Sunday. You want to know why? Because I get to hear from the word of God, the word of God that God wrote so I can hear from it and that he is talking to me. But man, you want to know what a lot of times what we do is, I guess we'll go to church. Where's my Bible at? Where did I leave it? Oh, I probably left it at the church. It's probably over there in the lobby area with all the other Bibles. I guess. You know what? We don't, we're not prepared to receive God's word. We need a spirit. We need a spirit of recipity. It says in verse 19, verse 19, okay, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear Swift to hear. When we walk into church, our spirit should be saying, I'm here to receive God's word. I'm here to receive it. I'm here. And and you should be excited. Or when you open up the Bible at home, you should say, man, you know what? I'm ready to hear from God's word today. I'm ready to hear from you, Lord. And as you open up. But man, so, so many times, especially at home. We get more excited to check our Instagram or Facebook more than we do the Bible. We get so we get more excited to check out the ESPN scores or Fox News or CNN or whatever. We get so more excited to go ahead and check on the latest update than getting updated from the word of God and what he would have for us. If we want to be rooted in Christ's word, we must choose to listen. We must choose to listen. Go ahead and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Starting off in verse 2. 1 Samuel chapter 3, looking at verse 2. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, And his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou calledest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. Verse 7. Now Samuel did, did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli, uh, and Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he called thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant hear it. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak. For thy servant heareth. You know, can I tell you that that's the way we should come to church. Not wondering about whether or not, you know, somebody else is going to be wearing your same clothes. Not whether or not, you, not whether or not, man, I wonder, I wonder what song, what song we're going to be singing. No, you want to know how we should be coming to church? We should be coming to church excited and say, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, thy servant, hear it. And can I tell you that we, that's how I'm here to listen. 
I'm here to listen. We're here to listen to the word of God. That's the reason why we're here in church, because we need to listen. Now, a naturalist and his friend were walking through the park in a large city. The naturalist, of course, had studied many aspects of nature and the insect world, the animal world, the plant world. And all of a sudden, he suddenly stopped and he looked at his friend. He said, did you hear that cricket? His friend looked at him like, how did you even hear a cricket? And he's looking around. There's so many people around. There's so much noise going on. And he says, well, you hear what you train yourself to hear. To illustrate his point, his friend got out a handful of change and he just dropped it on the ground. And all of a sudden, as the coins hit the ground, everybody in the park started turning towards them and looking towards them. You, you want to know why they did that? The ears of the people were trained to hear the sound of money falling and they wanted to see if the money could possibly be retrieved. Can I tell you? You hear what you train your ears to hear. When you train your ears to hear God's word, he is able to work in you to strengthening your roots. Here's the thing. So many times we can't hear God because we're too focused on our social media accounts. Too many times we can't hear God because we're more focused at work, more focused at the job then focus at what God is having us do, wanting us to do. We got to train ourselves. Got to train yourselves to hear what God wants us to hear. He, you have to train yourselves so you can hear it. You know, it's the same way. It's the same way, man. If you ever, as a child, when their when a parent calls out their child's name, guess what? That child can respond pretty quickly and know exactly who they're calling. You want to know why? Because they're trained to hear their mom's voice. They're trained to hear their dad's voice. Are you trained to hear our Heavenly Father's voice here tonight? James 1.19, it says, it continues, we must be slow to speak. Notice, this comes after the admiration to be swift to hear. You have to understand, when we are swift to hear God's word, we have something eternal and life-changing to speak. When we speak without first hearing God's word, we often slippingly share our own opinions, which will have no eternal effect on people's lives. We need to be slow to speak. You gotta hear God's word. Okay, Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. An unknown author once quoted, God gave us two ears, but only one mouth. Some people say that's because he wanted us to spend twice as much time listening as to talking. Others claim it's because he knew listening was twice as hard as talking. Here's the thing. We must listen swiftly. We must be slow to speak. And next it says in verse 19, it says slow to wrath. It's the final admiration of James 1.19. Wrath is defined. It speaks of deep resentment and an inner hatred or anger. In this case, it could, it's talking about it's becoming angry when you hear scripture that confronts your sin. The anger is often directed either towards the preacher or the teacher, but can I tell you that we need to be slow to wrath when God pricks our hearts about something that we're doing. Man, you can say, man, I'm feeling convicted about my friends, and man, I've heard this message about how we need to choose our friends wisely, and I've heard this message about how we need to make church an importance. Well, man, and you can get so angry. You can get so angry that you don't want to change that. It says that we need to be slow to wrath, slow to wrath. We do ourselves a great disservice when we become angry because the Bible speaks against something in our lives. We miss the blessing that God wants us to have. When we are swift to hear, slow to, slow to speak, slow to wrath, we give God's word the opportunity to pull our roots further, 
to Christ. So we need to be prepared to receive. We need the, a spirit of receptivity. Now we need a spirit of humility. A spirit of humility. Verse 21. Verse 21. And it says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness an engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Can I tell you that we need to have come to church with a spirit of humility? A spirit of humility. You know, there's many times where, uh, you know, we have an altar call at the end to, for people to make choices, to people to make choices and commitments to God. And you know what happens? You're, you're cleaning up your life. You're cleaning up your sin and you're making those choices. Can I tell you that we need to have a spirit of humility, you know, even before we come to church? We need to have a spirit of humility before we even come to church. We need to go through and say, God, whatever it is that you want for me to change in my life, please, I, I, want, I want to do, I want to change. I want to be better. Hey, you, you may come to church and you have something on your mind. Can I tell you that? Hey, give it to the Lord even before the preaching. Say, hey, God, hey, I've been struggling with my attitude at work. But you know what? I, I'm giving that to you. I want my attitude to change. And even before the preaching even starts, God can work in your heart. God can work on your lives. When there is a covering of sin, there is a sinful environment over our hearts. The seed of God, God's word, can struggle into getting down into our hearts. Here's the thing. In the springtime, is the first thing you do is you go, if you're a gardener, is the first thing you do, you, get, you go, you pick out a plot of land, you're like, I'm going to be a gardener this year. You get a seed and you just throw the seed down. Is that the first thing you do? No. You want to know the first thing you do? Have a little. The first thing you do is you need to go out there, you need to tear up that ground. You need to go out there and you know what? It's hard work. You go and you have to till the ground and you have to uh, go out there. And guess what? You got to pull those weeds that have grown over the time frame. I mean, you know what happens? The gardener doesn't just go and throw the seed out. No, it takes work. You have to pull those weeds out. You have to pull the weeds out. You got to get the ground ready to receive the seed. Can I tell you that you cannot have fruit unless you first lay aside the weeds of sin in your life. You have to pull apart the sin and the wickedness before the seed can even be sown in your heart, or it will not grow to mature as ripe fruit. Can I tell you that so many times we come to church and we sit there and be like, all right, pastor, do your best. And you go ahead and you sit there cross-legged and be like, I'm keeping my bad attitude. You go, no, that's not how we So Guess what? That's like, that's like getting the seed and throwing it into a pile of weeds. Guess what's going to happen to that poor seed? That poor seed's going to try to grow and it's going to be destroyed by those weeds. Can I tell you, when you sit in church with anger in your heart, evil thoughts in your mind or sinful deeds in your life, the message of the sermon can't get too far into your heart. It'll struggle. Here's the thing. The second part of verse 21, it says, and receive with meekness an engrafted word. Engrafted means implanted, implanted. It signifies something sown, rooted, or implanted. It has to be received and engrafted in your heart. Acts 17, 11. These, speaking to the Bereans, were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. You know what happens sometimes is that we get to church, pastor opens up the Bible, and he reads scripture, and we think in our heart, oh, I know the story inside and out. And guess what happens? You turn them off. Oh, I already know this series. I've heard this series before. Or, oh, I've, uh, I've heard the book of Esther several times. You know what? It's okay. You know what? Brother so-and-so needs to hear this, but not me. Christians, can I tell you, don't do that. The internal riches of God's word are new and fresh and priceless every time you hear them. 
How many times have you heard a message? How many times have you heard a message? Several times. And all of a sudden, pastor comes up and he preaches and you're like, wow. I didn't even realize that was there in that passage. I didn't even realize what that means. And something new is drawn out and you get to hear from God's word. Here's the thing. If you turn them off, if you turn it off, you come with that attitude or you keep the weeds of sin in your life, that seed, the word of God, will struggle to grow into your heart, into your life. A favorite race of many people. Now, here's the thing. Brother Z loves the Olympics. Okay, I love the Olympics. I love watching it. I love going for Team USA. I love everything, okay? I love sports in general, but man, the Olympics, it's awesome. I love it. And there's racing, there's, you know, javelin, there's all sorts of sports that you can watch, and it's great. Well, here's the thing. One of the races, it's the relay race, right? It's the relay race. And um, there's supposed to be two, typically there's two to four members um, on the team, and what they do is, you, uh, for those of you who don't know, they're supposed to run around the track, and at each different point, they're supposed to have, they have a baton, and they're supposed to hand it off to their teammate, and the teammate's supposed to continue the run around the course, okay? Well, here's the thing. These athletes, they train. They train for, like, their entire lives. They lift weights. They sacrifice. They sacrifice delicious food. They sacrifice also, they wake up early and they train their bodies and they prepare for this moment, this moment where they can qualify for the Olympics, the moment where they get to represent their country. And it's such an important thing and they put so much effort into it. So they're focused. They're focused on just this event that they're training for. So... Let's say that there's some athletes, okay? They've been training. It's a two-person team, and it finally gets down to the race day. It's the Olympics. It's ready. It's like gold. Like you're about to win the gold or you're about to lose. But something happens in the actual race. The second man on the team, his focus is changed. He's noticed maybe... Uh, he's noticed a female track star from another country and his thoughts have now shifted from winning the gold medal to this girl. He stands there posed, ready, and he's ready with his hand out behind him, ready to grab that baton. The first guy takes off. Can I tell you that second man, his mind's not on that baton. The first runner starts off at top speed and he takes off and he's going. He's like, man, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. All this hard work's going to pay off. And he's coming up. He's like, no, I just got to hand it off to my buddy here. And he's going to finish the race and we're going to win it. It's going to be fantastic. The first runner, he goes, he, he passes on the baton. But when he gets the baton to runner number two, The second runner doesn't take off like he should. The runner, he starts going, and they start losing their lead. He starts going behind, and the race is over, and they just lost. There was nothing the first runner could do to change the focus of the second runner. It it didn't matter how much the first runner prepared. The first runner did everything he was supposed to do. It was the second runner. The second runner lost his focus. He lost his focus. Can I tell you that same thing happens? It is, the same thing can happen with the preacher and his message. It doesn't matter how many hours, it matters, but in this part, it, it, it doesn't matter how many hours pastor prepares it doesn't matter how many hours pastor how many different illustrations that he pulls up or anything like that can I tell you if you are not focused with a humble heart having laid aside sin the message will go nowhere in your life how can we be rooted in Christ you need to be you need to prepare you need to prepare to receive that word you need to be you need to pull out those 
those spiritual, those, those sins that are destroying it. And you need to prepare to receive the seed so then the roots can grow. And so you can grow in God's word. So we see that the first thing we need to do is we need to be prepared to receive. Next, we need, plan, we need to plan to obey. Plan to obey, verse 22. Verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Here's the thing. We must not just receive the word. We need to do what the word says. Okay, so we, first off, we, to obey it, we, we have to hear it. Okay, 2 Timothy 4, 3, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from truth and shall be turned unto fables. The passage speaks of people, hey, you should go to a church that's preaching God's word should be preaching the Bible, should be preaching and, and, and encouraging what the word of God says. But here's the thing, you hear it, but do you even do what the word of God says? Man, it, 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 it same thing happens with kids. You know, we, parents, we, the kids that go, they, they watch you. They say, well, the Bible says that we, um, the Bible says that we should pray but man, I don't see my mom and dad ever praying. The, the Bible says, hey, we, should, uh, we shouldn't be using uh, language that, you know, dirty language or anything like that. But man, I hear mom and dad say that every once in a while. Can I tell you that it's not just about hearing it. It's about doing it. And parents, can I encourage you? Your kids, they watch you. They watch you. They say, man, hey, Brother Z says that I should be doing this and this, but man, my parents are doing something totally different. Can I encourage you that we need to do what the Bible says? Okay, we need to do what the Bible says. Mark 7, 16, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. 2 Timothy three fifteen, and that from a child, that has known the Holy Scriptures. Can I tell you that not only do we hear the word, okay, we need to do it, but now we need to also obey it. We need to obey the word, okay? It's not enough to simply hear it. The word doer is, uh, doer is the Greek word for pointos, which means to be a performer of the word of God, a doer. Now, here's the thing. In high school, Brother Z was very, very active and involved in high school. And you guys, many of you know that already. I've talked about sports and everything. Well, what some people may not know is that Brother Z was actually also in drama, too, as well. Okay? Like my parents couldn't handle enough of it, I was into that, too, as well. Okay? So here's the thing. There was this one time I was in this play called Oliver. Okay? Many of you know that. Okay? Now, here's the, even the best part. It was a musical, so it even makes it even better, right? And so here's the thing. Brothers, he went, and he had to try out, and then he got the part. And then, brothers, he had to go to practice. And, man, let me tell you, these practices, they were long practices. And here's the thing. In the play, brothers, he had a script. Yeah, had a script. And brothers, he had to work at memorizing this script and memorizing the songs and memorizing, oh, yes, there was dancing. Okay, so I had to memorize the choreograph and everything. So he had to do all of that, and it took a lot of hard work. Now, here's the thing. What if Brother Z had that script, and on the day of the performance, he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to rewrite this script and make it a lot better. We're going to add some lightsabers into this play. We're going to add some. All. Do you think that would have went over really well with the director? No, it wouldn't have. You know what? Brothers, he had to follow the script. He had to follow the script. And guess what? If everybody followed their script, if everybody followed their part, the play would be amazing. And guess what? It was. It was really, really good. Now, here's the thing. The Bible is our script. The Bible is our script. It, it prescribes what we do. But here's the thing. So many times you want to know what we do. We don't follow the script. We decide to, to write our own script for our lives. 
And instead of following what God says, hey, I have the script for you. All you got to do is follow it. All you got to do is pay attention to it. And if you do, then, man, you're going to have some blessings in your life. If you do, man, your life is going to be great. But so many times we said, no, God, I know you, you created me. You created the whole world. But uh, you, I think I'm going to just rewrite my own script. You know what happens is we write our, our own script. If our lives are lived by our own script. Our own script could be, hey, you know what? I'd rather play Xbox than read my Bible. I'd rather watch television. I'd rather go to the movies. I'd rather go, I'd rather go play sports than do what the Bible has to say. Then, well, we just become performers of our own script and we don't follow what God wants us to do. Realize that you start following a different script, you're going to start acting whoever you're following. If you start following some famous sports stars and you want to dress like them, you want to act like them, man, you want to play like them, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start doing the things that they're doing. You say, man, man, that actress is so great. She does such a great job in performance. I want to be just like her. And you start dressing the way that she does. So you start doing your hair like the way you do. Well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start doing and acting the way that that actress is. Can I tell you that God doesn't want that? God wants you to be the performer of the word of God. Brother Z just didn't wake up and say, boom, hey, I have my lines down. Guess what Brother Z had to do during the play? He had to memorize. He had to know what the word said. He had to know exactly what it says. Can I tell you that, hey, if you want to be rooted in Christ, you have to know what the script says. If you want to be doers of the word, you got to know what the Bible says that you should do. You got to know what the Bible says that you should do whenever you get angry. You should know what the Bible says about gossiping. You should know what the Bible says about sinful behavior. And you need to do that. What script are you following here today? Are you following your own script? Are you writing your own thing? Are you following what God has? Many Christians mark their Bibles. Here's the thing. Brother Z, he, he marks some of his Bibles and, and, uh, and he likes to put notes and stuff like that. But here's the thing. Many Christians mark their Bibles, but we should ask ourselves, does the Bible mark us? Does the Bible mark you? Because can I tell you that our lives will be different because we hear and obey the word of God. So we hear, we're, we, to be rooted in God's word, we need prepared to receive God's word. Next, we need a plan to obey God's word. And lastly, we need to be persistent in studying God's word. Verse 23, it says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh unto the perfect law of liberty and continuing therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed. Here's the thing. We need to prepare our hearts We need to be ready to do, but next, we need to remember what it says. The Bible is a mirror. The Bible is a mirror. Now, to be able to help you guys with that. Okay, so Brother Z has a nice mirror, okay? Here's the thing, in the morning, right? In the morning times, many of us, at least I think, I don't know about some teen boys over here, okay? Many of us, we look in a mirror to see what we look like. Okay, so we go and we possibly look in the mirror and we're like, oh, yeah, that looks great. Make sure your hair's done, you know, make sure the tie's all nice. Be like, man, you look amazing, right? You, so, like, you go and you look at that. Now, here's the thing. A majority of the time, right, you fix something, whether it's your hair, whether girls, whether it's your makeup, whether it's whatever, whatever you fix. You normally fix something if you are paying attention to what you have. Now, how silly would it be, okay, if I had Jason, okay, Jason comes over here, and Jason has his hair all messed up. 
right? Jason has his tie all crooked, right? He has maybe half of his shirt untucked, right? And he looks at himself in the mirror and he's like, perfect. And he takes off, right? Jason, do you do that? Yeah, he does. Okay. All right. So that would be silly, right? That would be silly. You'd be like, hey, no, you got to, you know, fix your hair. The mirror reflects what you, you actually are, what you look like. Can I tell you that the Bible does the same thing? You read the Bible, guess what it's going to do? It's going to show how you really are spiritually. You read the Bible, thou shalt honor thy father, thy mother. Ooh, you know what? I lied to my mom the other day. Oh, man. Okay, it says I need to be slow to anger. Oh, man, I let, I let that guy on the freeway have it the other day. I laid down the horn all the way. And, man, you know what the Bible's going to tell you? The Bible's going to show you your faults. Just like how an actual mirror will tell Jason that he has messed up hair, the Bible's going to say, hey, you need to fix this in your life. You want to know what happens, though, so many times, so many times we'll read something and say, ooh, man, it's talking about my attitude. You know what? Eh, it's fine. And you go on about your day. That's like you going to take a look at the mirror and not fixing your makeup, not fixing your hair, not fixing your clothes. Can I tell you that the Bible that we need to study God's word. We need to meditate on God's word. We should thoroughly consider what the scripture is saying and carefully examine our lives. You know, when we do that, we can be rooted even deeper into God's word, into God's word. So we see that we need to be persistent in studying God's word. We need to remember what God's word says, and then we need to continue in God's word. Okay, the, the word looketh in verse 25, okay, donates a cautious consideration. Spiritually, it means we study the word of God. We stay in the word of God. We read it, consider it, and meditate on it. We continue it and we do what it says. Can I tell you that the word of God is so important to our lives? Without the word of God, there is no success. Here's the thing. The world has its idea of success. It may include maybe promotions at work. It may include uh, maybe some finances, some popularity, perhaps even a new car. But can I tell you that that doesn't, that's not a sign. That's not a sign of what truly is happening. Without the word of God, there is no success because it is God who defines success and it is God who gives the prerequisite for success. We can all be thankful for God's formula for success. And can I tell you that if you want to be rooted, if you want to be a rooted Christian and you want to be rooted in Christ, we need to be rooted in his word. Now here's the great thing is that the script that God has, the script that God has for, for, for us, for you, can I tell you that the script is available for everyone? That's the great thing about this, is that God just didn't write the script just for girls. God didn't just write the script just for boys. He wrote the script for everybody. And can I tell you, whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you're um, in the middle, can I tell you that the word of God is for everyone. He wrote it for everyone. He didn't just write it for a select few. He wrote it for everyone. And can I tell you, if you're here tonight and you say, man, Brother Z, I've never even, I never even looked into the Bible and what it says. Can I tell you, friend, that the Bible talks about how we can be saved. The Bible talks about how, hey, that we all have a problem, and that's a sin problem. 
We all have a problem, and that's a sin problem. That sin, sin is anything we think, anything we say, or anything we do that breaks God's law. And can I tell you, it says, for all have sinned. It doesn't say just Brother Zia sinned. It doesn't say that just Miss Rachel sinned. It doesn't say that Brother Cook has just sinned. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, you may say, okay, what does that even mean? Well, can I tell you that our sin deserves a punishment? And hey, just like just like how Brother Z goes to work every day and his and what he gets, he gets a paycheck. Your mom and dad, everybody goes to work, they get a paycheck. Kids, you study, you do homework, guess what you get? You get a grade for your efforts. Can I tell you that what we deserve because of our sin is we deserve death. And can I tell you, we deserve total separation from God. God is up in heaven. There's only two places that you can go when you die. One's heaven, one's heaven, and one's this awful place called hell. The Bible states the place called hell is a place where there's utter darkness. The Bible states where there's gnashing of teeth, where there's pain. And can I tell you, once you're there, you're there. And here's the thing you may say, wow, Brother Z, man, I thought you were, you were a happy guy, and now you're telling me this awful news. Well, I got to tell you what the script says. Right. And the script says that if you die without having Jesus as your Savior, that's the place that you're going to go. But here's the great news, is that it just doesn't end there. God says, hey, I love you so much that I'm going to send my son Jesus to die on the cross So you don't have to take that punishment. And Jesus came to this earth. He didn't sin one time. So so here's the thing. If Jesus didn't sin one time, does Jesus deserve a punishment? No, Jesus doesn't deserve a punishment. But he said, hey, guess what? I love you so much. I'll take your punishment for you. You don't have to pay for that punishment. Don't even worry about it. I'll take it for you. And he took it. And he died on the cross to pay for your sins. And he was placed in the grave. Three days later, he rose again from the grave. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that he's there and he's waiting. And he says, hey, you now have a way to get to heaven. Have you asked Jesus to be your savior? Has there ever been a point in time where you've asked Jesus to be your savior? Can I tell you that that's the first thing that needs to happen? You want to be planted for Christ? The first thing you need to do is you need to accept Christ. And if you've never done that, you'll have an opportunity here in just a little bit. If you don't want to come forward, uh, you can come grab me or one of the men in the church, and we gladly show you how you can get that settled. Because can I tell you that God's script, it's for everyone. And it's for you. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, man, brothers, you have already been saved. That's great. But are you rooted in God's word? Maybe you need to work on preparing yourself to receive God's word more. Maybe you need to say, hey, I've been receiving God's word, but I haven't been doing anything with it. Well, maybe it's time that you start following what God's script is for your life. And maybe it's time that you start remembering what God has done and has done and in his word for you. Being rooted in Christ's word involves a process larger, larger than hearing just the Bible taught once a week. It involves purpose, receptivity, and response to God's word. It involves preparing our hearts so the seed of the word can take root. It requires personal response to the truths that God has given us. And to be thoroughly rooted in God's word, we must take our personal practice to read it, study, and meditate it, and obey it. The results of life rooted in God's word is abundant success. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're here tonight, and you say, man, Brother Z, I've never asked Jesus to be my savior before. I've never asked them to, to forgive me of my sins. And I can't remember a point in time in my life where I've done that. And you say, Brother Z, I, I have no, can I encourage you during this time to get up and come forward 
and we'd get you paired up. If you're a girl, we'd pair you up with a, a, a girl. If you're a man, we'd pair you up with a man, and we can show you from God's word on how you can get that settled. Maybe you're here and there's other decisions that you would need to make. Can I tell you that the altar is open? Don't wait another moment and make those decisions. Why don't we all stand to our feet, stand to our feet, and the altar is open. Thank you guys so much for your attentiveness to the Word of God. Really appreciate that. Remember, be in prayer for Pastor, and uh, just pray that everything goes well and that he recovers well. For those of you watching online, thank you so much for uh, participating with us. Uh, teens, don't forget, I need to borrow you for just a little bit after service. If your parents are okay with that, we just got to transform that room really quick into a kid's room. So. Uh, looking forward to that. At this time, Brother Nate's going to come and lead us in the closing chorus. And after that, you guys are dismissed. All right, let's close out this evening by saying, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God.